This is Doug Friedman. And this is Meredith Levy. And we are your hosts. Hello and welcome to whatever the heck it is we're doing. <laughs> to your mental breakdown, something. Yeah, we're doing the, this is another one in our series of personality scales that we're looking at. This is the Enneagram episode, and we are very privileged, honored, and thrilled that we have uh, Abby Howe joining us, who is, I would call you an Enneagram expert. I don't know what you would call yourself, but welcome. Hello. I'm so happy to be on the podcast. Uh, I just have to say, before we start, I'm a huge fan of your mental breakdown. Uh, You guys probably see me commenting in the Facebook group all the time. But yeah, I love you guys. I love your energy. I'm so honored to be here talking about my favorite thing with you guys. Yay. Uh, Yeah. Just thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. We're very excited. I'm so excited to find out this Enneagram thing that I've taken the test uh, a few times of, and I really still don't even know what what it is. (laughs) It's perfect because there's all these things like the Myers-Briggs, the Enneagram, even some astrological signs, people have heard of it, but they don't really know what it is. And the the quiz, you know, Meredith and I both took the quiz and sent Abby the results. So we'll look at that in a little bit, but break it down, Abby. What is this and how is it different than like astrology or the Myers-Briggs? Like, where does it come from? What does it mean? Clue us in. I'll clue you in. Well, the thing that makes the Enneagram different from other personality types like Myers-Briggs or astrology science, is that it focuses less on external behavioral outcomes and more on internal motivation. So it's not about Mm. what it looks like when you do something. It's why do you do the things that you do? And one thing that I've, I've sort of learned about the Enneagram, I don't know it all that well, but you'll clue us in in a minute even deeper on here's your type, here's your wing, here's this, is that the the nine different types kind of interplay, like they work with each other. It's not like you're this and you have nothing to do with that. Like if you're a Capricorn, you have nothing to do with a Virgo, unless it's your rising sign, but it's, it's all kind of interweaved, isn't it? They are. Yeah. So like, you know, the, the Enneagram symbol, are you like, can you picture it in your mind? No, nope. it's a circle. <laughs> The, there's a circle and there's nine numbers going around the circle and all the numbers are connected by different lines mm. going across the circle. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll link a picture of it so so listeners can, can look on the website and see it. It's like a clock with the numbers on the outside, but they all connect somehow. They do. So basically it theorizes that there's nine different personality types in the world and each type sees the world in a different way. And each type is differentiated by their underlying motivations. And those motivations are their core fear, their core longing, their core desire, and their core weakness. Some people call it like the deadly sin, but I prefer to say like weakness because I feel like that makes it less scary than like, what's your deadly sin? (laughs) What's the difference between longing and desire? They're pretty similar, but desire, like for example like an Enneagram type two, their desire is to be loved and wanted and their longing is for someone to tell them you are wanted and loved. Okay. So it's a very small Mm. distinction, but well, let me, let me do uh, the type eight. 
their core desire is to have power, to not be weak, to be in control. And then their core longing is that they're not going to be betrayed. Hmm. Um, So someone look look them in the eye and say, like, you're not going to be betrayed. And my Enneagram type is an Enneagram three, which is the achiever. And my core longing is for someone to say to me, like, hey, Abby, like you are loved exactly for who you are and not for your accomplishments or achievements or anything like that. So they're all interconnected, but um, that's kind of the distinction. It's interesting because the the type three, I think it's called the achiever. And you're saying like, it, it's not about your achievement. It's just about that, that type that you're looking for that to get that. I don't know that the, the words of affirmation, so to speak, to, to hear that you're, you're good enough and you're worthy. Right. Yeah. And there's different names. So there's, there's probably like four or five different names for each type. And that makes it a little confusing, but oh, different, really? different teachers, different books, different websites use different names. So for example, for the achiever for Enneagram type three, people call them the performer or the achiever. And for type five, people call them the investigator or the observer. So there's just different names out there. So I I've have both names for both of your types that you guys tested as so that we can, t- I can tell Ooh. you both of them. So you'll know them when people talk about it. <laughs> well, let me ask you this then. What is it used for? Like sometimes some of these things are to guide your own life, like better understanding of who you are or what's going to happen to you or, or what you're like. But is this for interpersonal? Is this just for you and your own growth? And and talk just a little bit too about how it can change over time. It's not like static, like this is you for the rest of your life. This is what you are. Well, I would say it's not about, definitely not about fixing other people. It's very personal. Mm. I like to say it's like, it's your personal little guide to your heart. And just in my life, I found it really helpful to, just understand myself more, know why I am the way I am, why things stress me out, why things make me angry, why I react Mm. in certain like fights. I react in a certain way. When I'm depressed, I react in a certain way. When I'm happy, I act in a certain way. So yeah, I think when I first read about my type and the reason why I became so obsessive about the Enneagram (laughs) is like, I saw things written about myself that I had never been able to put into words. And it was wild. And like, I, I don't know, I just, it's really changed how I relate. And then my husband, John knows his Enneagram type. And so we're able to communicate, I think on a, on a deeper level about, you know, interpersonal conflicts and our relationship, just knowing how our Enneagram types relate to each other. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause that's, it's sort of like saying, it's not about what your sign is. It's about for, I guess for the Enneagram, it's not about what the name of your number is. It's not necessarily that. It's looking at, well, what is your longing? What is your desire? What is your fear? Because that might be what motivates you to act certain ways and, and to do the things that you do. And that's where you can come to an understanding with your partner or with other people. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it it just creates a little bit, it creates more empathy for in my in my life for myself and for other people, because I understand more where they're coming from. And then I just want to preface, like, it's just a tool. It's not the end all be all of who you are. Obviously, like humans are really complex and like no 
categorizing personality system is gonna <laughs> right. understand right. who Meredith is right. at her core. You know what I mean? But it's just a helpful tool, and that's how I like to think about it. Nobody understands who I am at my core. <laughs> <laughs> um, are the is it sort of like an astrology thing where oh, an eight works better with a three, or a is that a thing? I don't believe that. Um, I think that it's all about levels of health and that can determine whether or not mm. you have a healthy relationship. So I think any type can be happily partnered with any other type as long as they maintain their alignment in their like health areas, you right. know? Right. It's sort of like the love languages. Like you don't necessarily need to match each other's, but just understand that this person is really values words of affirmation and this person really values quality time. So you just recognize each other's value and try to help your partner meet their needs. And I think yep. I, I want to dig into this a little bit, Abby. So maybe taking either me or Meredith and looking at, at the types and explaining what it is. Cause I, I don't want this, this to be like reductionist Enneagram, like, Oh, I'm a type three, I'm an achiever. So it, it means this, this, and this, there's more to it than that. You can't just say I'm, I'm a Virgo. So I'm very nurturing. Like it, it's not, it's not that kind of thing. I think there's more depth to the Enneagram and I want to understand for everybody out there that's listening, you know, we'll put a link to an Enneagram quiz that you can take. And it's not about what your number is and what your main thing is. And so if you can use one of us as an example and kind of go into the depth of it a little bit, that'd be great. So Meredith, you are a challenger, you're a type eight, a challenger, a protector, and just me, just like knowing you generally listening to you on the podcast, that aligns with what I feel like you are. So let me just give you kind of an overview of what the challenger is and listen to it and see, like, does this resonate with me? <laughs> She's um, jumping out of her seat. She still wants to challenge <laughs> that no, right The there. name already fits for me. And I just challenger and protector, which yes, both of those. So, but tell me more. And then I, there also is like the wing and the growth and all that stuff. Right. Yeah, I think let's go into wings after we go over your core type. Okay, core type. Because wings are important, but not as important okay. as your main okay, type. Okay, I'm an eight. So you are an eight, uh, an eight wing seven. Type eight, so I'm just going to go over your, your core motivations. Um, you desire to protect yourself and your loved ones. You may come off as like a fierce female warrior at first, but when you get to know you, you'll find that you have like the biggest heart of anybody you have ever met Doug is nodding like ferociously here huge heart extreme asset to anything you put your mind to a go-getter when you say you're going to do something you freaking do it and then the core fear of an eight is being weak powerless manipulated and that means in relationships you often cover up your weaknesses so that nothing can ever be used against you you know you don't want to be caught vulnerable. So it, it can be really hard to get past that, like really hard shell you've got around you that protects you from other mm. people and from like being like soft and open. Oh, and also when a type eight is in like peak form, they are just like decisive advocate for justice. They fight for other people. And then like we talked about before in Enneagram eight's core longing is for someone to like look at them and say like, you will not be betrayed. And for you to fully believe that you are safe and you can open up to somebody else. And I, and I didn't, I forgot to say this, but your, your core weakness is lust or excess. 
Um, and that just means that you're just, <laughs> you're constantly desiring intensity and power and control. And you, if you are in unhealthy levels of alignment, you can manipulate others, push people around. You can be like the ultimate steamroller. Well, either A, you live inside my head or B, you guys, this Enneagram shit is no fucking joke. Oh my God. Like <laughs> that's insane. You literally just summed me up that's me in a nutshell this is me in a nutshell <laughs> just kidding <laughs> <laughs> right but inside the nutshell it's really gooey it's a soft really... gooey center exactly. that you want to hug and cuddle with wait that's unbelievable okay so then on the th result thing then there's the wing yes so Wings are the two numbers that are on either side of you in the circle on the Enneagram symbols. So Meredith, her eight is right next to nine and seven. So she can be a wing nine or a wing seven. Your main type has is easily able to access the traits of both wings. So having one wing doesn't mean that you aren't able to access the traits of another wing. And there's a woman who teaches the Enneagram who I learned the Enneagram from. Her name is Beth McCord. She calls it the salt and pepper. Your wing is just like the little seasoning you put on on top and it just kind of changes the the taste of the meal. So Meredith is an eight wing seven. Beth McCord actually has names for the wings that I think are really fun. So uh oh, she's getting the big book, getting the big book out. <laughs> yeah. um, OK, so Meredith is an eight wing seven, which means she is the maverick. Um, so in general, you're blunt, intense and demanding, you're tenacious mm -hmm. and the seven, um, the Enneagram type seven is called the entertainer or the optimist. And that, that type wants freedom and fun and, and variety. And so you have the qualities of the seven, probably more present in your life on a day-to-day -day basis than a type nine, which is called the peacemaker. And <laughs> they are more. <laughs> they're more like they want peace and unity and and the, when you're an eight wing nine you tend to be in real conflict with yourself because you've got two warring parts of yourself going on but but mayor you have a you have a seven wing so you are more like to want fun and, and adventure and change and spontaneity that's true I sure do <laughs> yep let's do doug bring it on all right so uh it's doug's turn uh, he sent me his results and Doug is a two wing three mm. and the Enneagram type two is known as the helper or the advisor. Ooh. So are you ready to know your core motivations, Doug? I am. If, if that works for you, what, whatever's best for you, Abby, I will do that. <laughs> oh my Lord. All right. So type twos, they approach life with a core desire to be loved, wanted and appreciated. And their fear is that they're going to be rejected and someone's going to say, I don't love you. I don't want you. I don't need you. Hmm. They tend to be really thoughtful, generous people. They can like walk into a room and know exactly what your needs might be what someone needs to be happy, they immediately zero in on that. When they're feeling really stressed out, type twos can be overly people pleasing and they can ignore their own needs and desires in exchange for others. A two's core weakness is pride, which I know sounds crazy because they're known as like being really selfless and helping. But the pride of the two comes into play when uh, twos believe that they know better than everybody else. So they know what everyone else's needs 
should be and others are more needy than them and they know what's best. So that's kind of where the prideful element comes into play for a type two. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll take uh, that. Yeah. yeah. And then they, their core longing is to know that they are wanted and loved and that they're enough just the way they are. They don't need to do things to achieve love. Mm-hmm. Does that resonate? Yeah. And, and even in how you're describing that, the, the pride thing is, seems very linked to rejection. So yeah. you have that pride and you want to be known as good. That's why you're helping everybody out. But if you're rejected, then it wounds that. I mean, that's almost the opposite, right? Right. Yeah. So that, that, yeah, I can see that. I'll take, I'll take some of that. Sure. You are. I mean, definitely no doubt. We know the most thoughtful, generous, for sure. Always wanting to help others, always wanting to help other people improve their live their best life basically and sometimes to your own detriment (laughs) that's that's probably true yep doug do you find yourself kind of getting in a people-pleasing mode where you like kind of neglect your own needs yeah sure that can happen absolutely i mean i've and it's gone through waves i think some of this might be if i knew this about myself years ago it would have informed me a little more because I've, I've really learned and worked on taking care of myself. You know, as therapists, we talk about compassion fatigue and compassion for self, which I'm, I'm big on. I preach that to Drew yeah. a lot too. How do you take care of yourself? Yeah. I've had to learn that. I've burnt myself out from being a therapist, being an athlete, you know, whatever it was, I just lay it all on the field, like put it all out there and do it for the team, do it for everyone else. Mm. So I've really had to, to learn to like, what do I do for myself, right? And I, I do that more now. And that's something that can be helpful knowing that. Yeah. Of like, hey, Doug, like you need to take care of yourself. What Go back to your list. Like what are the things you right. do to help with your needs and desires? Totally. What's his wing? Doug's wing is wing three. That's that's the best, right? That makes me it's the best? It's the best, obviously. Best. Yeah. Right. It's the best type to have. <laughs> <laughs> and that means you're the host. Um, you're outgoing. You're sociable. You know how to get other people to like you. You're a charmer. Yep. Yeah, very likable, charming person. And the, these two, this um, t- main type and wing blend really easily together. They work together to achieve your main goal, which is to be loved and wanted. So you use those skills to achieve what you want. And you, yeah, you lean on your wing to do that. That makes sense. I mean, it, it seems like the perfect job description for me is co-host. Right. Because it fits the, the achiever wing where I get to be the host and the helper part is the co. So it's really, I'm, what I'm really driven by is making sure everybody loves Meredith, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have succeeded because I am in love with Meredith. She oh, is amazing. You guys. <laughs> She's pretty good. You guys. Oh, look at her get gooey. That's her gooey interior. I know. And then there. I'm going to deflect now. Um, what are you, Abby? Can you tell us? <laughs> yeah, I'm a three wing four. Ooh. So a type three, like their main name is the performer or the achiever. And you'll plug this in a second, but I've seen your, I think it's your YouTube channel or somewhere on social media. You do something I freaking love, which is you'll do like a little scene, a little vignette as one of the main types, but you'll do it as all of the main types. Like you'll act out each of the nine, which I think is is brilliant. It cracks me up. It's hilarious. And that's, I think the performer in you, right? 
definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's fun, <laughs> you know, and I think, I think that comes out. I, I did go to drama school. So Uh-oh. I think that that plays into that of like, I want to perform. I want to entertain. I want to charm. Like I want to ha- have fun while doing it. And so I've kind of filtered that part of myself into my YouTube channel where I do lots of informational and fun videos about the Enneagram. Yeah. Yeah. And the type four is called the romantic. Um, I should, I should probably have gone through all the names um, of all the types, but. Well, I I don't know. I I mean, we can post the names so people can see it, but I think it's kind of confusing. It's not like you're the, you're a two. So it's this, you're a three. So it's this, there are several different aspects of being that number that fit with you and then throw in the wing. And that's the salt and pepper flavoring. It's, it's guiding you to kind of go, it's not one word that describes you. It's, it's, this is the description of you. And and this is some of the stuff at the core. It's, it's just deeper understanding, right? Yeah. That's like one thing I really love about the Enneagram is it, it is so flexible and it accounts for when you're doing, when you're stressed out, when you're having, when you're doing really well, when you're in alignment, when you are around your family, when you are leaning on one of your wings, like there are so many different variations of your main type and how you express yourself. So it's not, yeah, it's not one size fits all. And, um, it allows for like that human aspect of like, we're very complex moving beings, you know? So things are always changing. Mm. It's probably also helpful why maybe working with a Enneagram specialist like you or at least like watching your YouTube channel or something gives you a better understanding as opposed to just like reading a sheet of paper and trying to figure it out on your own. Yeah, I think I think anything you can do that is proactive to learn about the Enneagram is helpful. So books a podcast. There's so many cool Instagram accounts out there about the Enneagram and talking to people, talking to people who love the Enneagram, you know, just trying to, trying to talk about it and figure out what, what makes you the way that you are, what are your core motivations? It's helpful to do that rather than relying on a test to tell you. Right. Right. Okay. And I like how you're spinning it because that the idea of also knowing your your core longings or I don't want to say weaknesses and vulnerabilities I don't remember the word you used for it but knowing what those are about yourself you can bring that to your therapist or to yourself and and kind of look at it that way which leads me to the question I really want to ask is how do you use the enneagram for your own personal growth how is it a tool for you for me it I think my whole life I have been just really anxious and never feeling like I'm doing enough. Like Mm. I could check off a whole bunch of things on my to-do list and at the end of the day still like feel like I'm a terrible person. So I think reading like how achievement focused my type is was helpful to be like, hey, this isn't like the reality of life. This is the way that you view the world. And you can start to release from that. So I think, I think just knowing that what I do in the day, how my work goes, how many views my videos get, like that does not equal the worth of me. And I don't know why, but it took the Enneagram for me to figure that out. That's amazing. Who cares why? Who cares why? It worked. Yeah, it worked. That's fantastic. I love that. I mean, I still struggle with it, but like, it's nice to know mm-hmm. and to be aware of, cause I'd never put a name to it before, right. before like reading it. I was like shocked. I started crying. I like had a little moment. Mm-hmm. I love that. 
Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's I love that it gives framework to a lot of things, but there's also, as you're talking about it, there's a lot of depth to it. And it's something that you can find out more about yourself and find some understanding for, oh, this is not just this is how I am, but this is what's driving me. And this is maybe what I'm lacking or missing. And this is what I need to strengthen. Just the same as like for you as the performer or the host, like it might be that's I'm an achiever and I'm a performer, but I also need to keep in check. Like, well, I don't want to be too ego driven. I don't want to be too vain or conceited. Like I want to make sure I stay grounded. That's something just to keep in mind for yourself. And maybe that drives you and you learn that through the Enneagram, right? Yeah. And that's something like I value a lot about your podcast too, is like, Doug, you bring in a lot of Buddhist teachings and like mindfulness and meditation into the sessions and into the breakdowns that you guys do. And that is to me, the key to not valuing my productivity over my own self-worth is like taking time to be present and to be aware and like to do the things that I need for my soul like going for a long walk, mm-hmm. um, mm. listening to music, reading a book that has no productive value to it. Those things help me live a happier life. Yeah. Amen to the reading books with no productive value. Although the the productive <laughs> the productivity is in me being grounded and turning off my mind. Nice. So Abby, let me ask you this. If people are listening to this and they kind of want to get interested in the Enneagram, they want to take the quiz, what would you want to tell them about getting into the Enneagram or, you know, what they might do with it just as kind of like an intro and takeaway from this? Yeah, I I think my main takeaway is the Enneagram is a tool to understand yourself better and it should only be used to, you know, grow and understand yourself. It's not always the prettiest exploration because it's hard work. You see the, you know, the bad things about yourself and the the places you go and stress and, and that can't, isn't always the prettiest, but I think in the end it is, it is really helpful. Mm. And then I also, I just want to caveat, like it can be harmful to judge other people based off their Enneagram types or to try to type everyone Uh the minute you learn Uh about it. So I would say like, keep those things to yourself, just learn about your type, be really intentional with it. And, and have fun with it. It's fun. Yeah, it's awesome. And the fun part, I, I want to encourage people to check you out on social media and YouTube because it's. I had a lot of fun looking at your videos and, and looking at the breakdown of different types. So can you tell oh, us yeah. where people can find you? Yeah, you can find me on YouTube. Just look up Abby Howe. Um, that's Howe with an H-O-W-E. And I'm also on Instagram at Enneagram with Abby. Abby with an E. <laughs> Abby with an E and Howe with an E. That's it. Very nice. Well, I I love chatting with you. I love hearing about this. And it, it gets me excited a little bit about the Enneagram just in terms of what people can bring into a therapist. They learn their own type and they learn about not just this is my main primary thing, right. this is me, but looking at, like you said, some of the things where they dig a little deeper and they can go into it. They can bring that to a therapist or to a friend, you don't have to see a therapist to really get anything from this, but bringing that into a therapist, like I, I would love that. I would love to have somebody come in and go, Hey, here's like my, my core Enneagram type, but here, here's what it means. Here's some of the longings. Here's some of the, the deep things that I really need to look at. Yeah. And, and the therapist doesn't have to know anything about Enneagrams per se, right? True. They, you're just bringing in that information saying like what resonates, like you said, a friend or whatever. It's just, it's uh 
I think it's actually phenomenal. That's awesome. Well, Doug, from now on, I'm just going to call you, uh, you're going to be two wing three. That's your new nickname. Two wing three? Yeah. Nice. Yours is challenger with a gooey inside. (laughs) I'm like a Cadbury egg. (laughs) That's right. Thank you so much for jumping on with us. We really appreciate the information. And it's it's clear you really love this. And I, I so encourage people to check you out on, on your YouTube channel and social media because your your energy is so infectious. I mean, it, it's really cool to watch. Like it it inspired me to kind of take the quiz and, and want to dig totally. deep into this. So keep up the work that you're doing. Love it. Love Thank it. you, Abby. Thank you. I love you guys. I love you guests. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. <laughs>